We are thankful that you could join us today via our media platform. We want to wish everyone a happy Easter. Today is the day we celebrate our risen Savior. In this video, Pastor Tim will bring a message entitled, My Redeemer Lives, which reminds us that He lives. Now let's go listen to Pastor Tim. Happy Easter morning, everyone. I'm glad to be here and be in your homes or wherever you may be viewing this. Uh, it's an exciting day. It's a day we celebrate all over the world. Uh, it's the day that we celebrate, obviously, the, our risen Savior, that our Christ is alive and he's a well and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. What a wonderful day to rejoice and what a great time uh, to be together and to be able to share the word of God and encourage one another. You know, we're living in a very difficult time and we're all going through it. No one's not going through this situation in some way. And uh, today it's uh, it's a breath of fresh air, I believe, to sit back and just think uh, of all the things that our Savior went through and all the things that he did. And today is that day that we set aside uh, to celebrate that he's risen and he's there and he's in heaven and he's paid the price for all of our sins. And it's just exciting to be able to come to you today and share the word of God with you. And today I want to share just uh, a few moments with you uh, uh, on our Redeemer and the title to this message, if we, we call it a message, the title to this message is My Redeemer Lives. And he lives today, and it's exciting uh, to be able to come to you. You know, this uh, past week, and including today, uh, we've heard nothing but bad news. And, and this is the height of, of the coronavirus. And this week, the death tolls and uh, the numbers of coronavirus victims and all these things increased. And we were warned about it, and now we're being flooded uh, with social media and the news of how bad it is. And we've heard nothing this week but bad news, bad news, bad news. And and we've heard nothing but death and, and sickness and disease. And sometimes we don't realize what that does to us, but as we live our lives and that negativity, those things attach themselves to uh, uh, us. And, you know, we, even though we are sincere about it and we do pray for those that have lost loved ones, and those who are sick and and those who are are in fear of this thing we're praying every day for every one of them our nurses and our, our doctors and our our frontline people our policemen our firemen uh lord all those that 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 are on the front line of this man we pray every day for you and we lift you up in prayer and we thank you so much for being our heroes and again we can be inundated with that so much that we can actually let Holy Week, Easter Sunday, the celebration of our risen Savior, we can actually let that be dulled down and pushed down uh, to the point to where some may not even celebrate because they're so uh, uh, down from, from the bad news. But I want to remind you of the good news. I'm here today to bring out the good news of this week, Holy Week, and the day that we're standing and sitting here and you all are there in your homes or wherever you may be. We should be celebrating this day because even through all the death and through all the sickness and the new reports and the high numbers that we're being posted with and through all of that, we still have a risen Savior who's alive and well and he's 
he's with the father in heaven and he's watching over us today and it's exciting he's not a dead god he's alive and and we can trust him and we can count on him and it's this resurrection day that we rejoice in because he gives us hope hope in the situation that we're in today you know it is sad and the, the sadness of the week is hanging and lingering you can just feel it in the air but i want us to remind ourselves and and have the spirit of god remind us in a special way that we're not lost and we're not uh, in a place where we'll never get out of we have a risen savior the reason why we can shout today and rejoice today and celebrate today is because our savior has defeated death he's defeated sickness he's defeated disease and we can be excited about that today and i want to come to you today and i want to remind you of that because this is easter and this is that day that we set aside to celebrate our risen savior i want you to celebrate with me today as i share some words with you that i think will encourage you and lift you up today you know even Easter Sunday uh, has been such a great celebration through the years. And uh, as a child, I can remember, uh, I, I can never remember not getting up uh, on Easter morning and celebrating it and, and having a full day uh, celebrating Easter. You know, when I was a child, we got up and yeah, we did the baskets with the eggs and the candy, but yet we moved from that into our Sunday morning services and our children church. And, and uh, we spent the day with family in an Easter meal. And then we went back to church that night. And it, our day was full of hearing nothing but how great our God is and how wonderful our God is. And, you know, we're living in a time right now, and especially right now today, it's difficult for people to set aside all those things that are going on and focus on the greatness of God and what he's done for us as he defeated the tomb. And there's victory in the tomb and I thank God for that today and you know as a child and and like I said I can remember uh, uh growing up those fond memories of of being that kid that grew up in in that atmosphere and being able to rejoice and see parents rejoice and see people uh rejoice in in difficult times because they serve a risen savior a god that's alive and throughout my childhood throughout my adult life uh again today is a day that was set aside and i will do the same thing today i will rejoice all day long i will be lifted up all day long my spirit is raising up with me today because I know who I serve and I serve a risen Savior who's in control of everything today you know it's been over 2,000 years and we still tell the story of Jesus Christ and his his murder on the cross and how he went into the tomb and he was resurrected and sent the Holy Spirit here uh, in his place and he's coming back again someday. That story has been going on for over 2,000 years. It was prophesied several thousand years before that and we're still today talking about this man Jesus, this Messiah, this one that came, God in the flesh come and walking amongst men and did the things that he did in this life and he died on the cross in a cruel way but as a 
sacrifice unto man. This story continues to give hope to people. Even over 2,000 years has passed since the, that, that event had happened on the cross. And we still today, we count on it. We need it. We need to be reminded of how powerful that day was so that we can get through these times that we're in today. You know, before we can understand what the cross did for us, sometimes we have to understand uh, uh, what happened to us. And I always say this, sometimes you have to know if you want to talk about I've been redeemed by the blood, I, I need to know what have I been redeemed from? What is the thing that I, I was redeemed from? What happened? And sometimes we need to take a moment. And today I want to share just a few moments with you of what happened to man and what kind of position man was in with no hope, no hope for any kind of future at all. And then Jesus come along in the plan of God and he did what he did and he fulfilled what he needed to fulfill that God had given the work to do and he finished the work uh, of the cross. And I want to just give you a rundown and remind you of, of what our Redeemer did for us and how he redeemed us. You know, it, uh, it understanding the curse, and I've got it here in Genesis chapter 3, uh, when man sinned and man fell, there was a curse that came upon man. Man was then put in a position where he would have to die. And the problem with that death is that when we died, we were in limbo. Those that loved the Lord and those that would follow God, those people, no matter how close to God they were during that time, during the old, old scriptures and during the Old Testament, and all the way up to our Redeemer dying on the cross for us, there was no hope for them. They would just, uh, uh, just pass away, and God would put them in a place to keep them and hold them uh, for a while. And I want to, I want to share with you how how awful that must have been for the patriarchs of old, uh, as they would pass on and and they would die in this life because of what uh, Adam and Eve did. It caused that curse to come upon man, uh, for man to die. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter three, and we're just going to read. Uh, maybe uh, uh, verses 1 through 17, somewhere around there, maybe 19. But here's what it says in the New King James. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden." But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and knowing evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband, Adam, with her, and he did eat. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called out to Adam and said to him, where are you? So Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat of? Then the man said, the woman whom gave to me, she gave me the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, here comes the curses. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On, air, on your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity uh, uh, between you and w the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you, you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said this, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your, in your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Verse 17, then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which commanded you, I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of, Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face, in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return." So there was a curse that was put on man in the garden when we sinned against God. Now we had finally done the wrong thing that has separated us from God. Completely, totally would separate us to the point that we could no longer have the relationship that God set out for us to have. We were lost without any hope at that time. And if we go on through time, we're going to find out as we walk through time, we're going to go through time and we're going to see uh, through the Old Testament how God had to distance himself and, and he could only work with one person maybe at a time. And, and then through that one person, he would work with a group of people, but he would have to keep his distance. And even through all that time when the great men of God, and I'm talking about Abraham and I'm talking about Moses and I'm talking about Joshua, David, I could go down the list. Every time one of those men would pass or one of those wonderful ladies would pass, they could not go to heaven to be with God because they were not redeemed. There was no redemption for their sin. So they had to be put in a place, a holding place, where God would reserve them and keep them until the day would come to where the Messiah would come, the Redeemer would come, and he would fix the situation with a sacrifice. So we were lost, folks. 
there was no hope. You know, sometimes in the day, as we look at the coronavirus and we look at the situation and our social distancing and the way we feel so uh, isolated today, and sometimes it can make you feel like you're in a tomb, basically, and, you, and you're lost and there's just no hope for tomorrow. Uh, you know, that's that had to be a lot of how the saints of old and the patriarchs of old felt when they passed, they were separated and, and they just had no hope and they were looking for the redeemer to come. So all of those things begin to happen and this great separation from God happened and it put us in a place to where we were not able to redeem or get the benefits of his, of his uh, uh, creation and his, and his kingdom. And I want to share with you the effects of the curse and the effects of the curse, we can kind of find it in Luke chapter 16. And I want, I want to read that to you. Uh, the effects of the curse, uh, there's a story about Lazarus, the rich man. And it kind of gives us an idea of what the effect was, sharing what I just shared with you just now. And I'm reading in uh, Luke chapter uh, 16. Um, I'll probably read... Uh, 20 through 31 is probably where I'll read. I'll start with 19. And here's what it says in the New King James. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. He was very rich. But where was a, there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who laid at his gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and they licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, remind, I'm reminding you, he couldn't be taken into heaven. He had to be carried into Abraham's bosom. The rich man who also died was buried. And being in torments in Hades or in hell in the grave, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his tomb or in his bosom, in the bosom of Abraham. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in these flames." Right here tells us that there are two different places and they're close enough to be able to see one and the other see uh, each other. And that is one would be called paradise where God would put those in a holding place. And then the other was Hades in a place that was hell, that was hot. He was tormented in the flames. He was asking uh, for Abraham to just send Lazarus, that, that man that laid at his gate with the open sores and the dogs was licking his wounds and he wouldn't feed him. He asked if he would just send Lazarus with just a tip of water uh, on his finger just to touch his tongue to cool him down some two different totally play totally different places one not so bad and one very horrible place but abraham said son remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise lazarus evil things but now he is comforted and you are tormented and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed 
There was a gulf fixed, a place where they could not go back and forth. No one could go from one place to the other. So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to the place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father, no, Father Abraham, uh, but I, if I could have you go uh, and, and speak to them, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. He was already prophesying at that time that there would be one that would rise from the dead. So I want to remind you the effects of that death caused a place where there had to be a place for those who did not follow the Lord and did not follow God's commandments. Then there had to be a place that, that those could go and they would be called paradise at one time, several times. Jesus called it paradise when he was there at the uh, cross with the two thieves on his side. And he said to the one thief, today I will see you in paradise, which is that holding place where all the patriarchs were waiting to see their redeemer. So again, I want you to understand and I want you to know how difficult it was and the situation that man was in. And we needed a redeemer. We needed a plan. Uh, and God had already set that plan in place. And we all know that that plan started in Bethlehem. And as Jesus grew and as Jesus uh, followed through and began to do the works that his father had sent him to do, there was one big final thing that he had to finish. And we just experienced it this week, some of the, some of the days of this week as we went through Holy Week. These are the things that Jesus had to do at the end of his life to finish the works of Jesus Christ on the cross. And today we celebrate because all those things have happened and he did those things and our Redeemer's alive and well and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Yes, he made it through all the things that he went through. You know, uh, it's amazing to me when I, I look down here and I'm gonna read this to you because it's important that you understand what it means to be redeemed. Redeem means to regain something that's been lost to free something that's bound, to rescue by paying a price for something. Man, does that not describe what our Savior went through? He paid a price for you and I to set us free from the bondage of sin, from death and from all of those things that we go through, from sickness, from the grave, from all those things. Jesus paid a price on the cross. On Good Friday, he paid that price on the cross and he gave up his life. He went through the torment that he went through. He went through uh, the ridicule. He went through the tearing uh, of his beard away from his face. He went through the slapping. He went through uh, uh, the 
the the beating on his backs, the 39 stripes. And, and they do say, and, they, and if you study the history of the Roman, uh, uh, they knew that 40 lashes uh, from the cat of nine tails would probably kill someone. So they gave him 39 stripes on his back. And I want you to understand, he went through uh, those stripes on his back and the beating on his back. He went through having his hands and feet nailed to the cross. He went through having the crown of thorns thrown upon his head and the spear pierced into his side and the sword and all the things that he went through. My friend, he did all of that and he did it for the joy of the cross because he knew he would be the redeemer that would set you and I free today. And today we can rejoice because he made it through all of that. He finished the works and he finished those works of the cross. And today we have a redeemer that lives and he lives and he's awesome. I want you to go with me just for a few minutes. And I want you to think about that day, that resurrection Sunday morning. I want you to think for a moment of every aspect of that. If we can go back over 2000 years ago when the event happened. And I want you to understand the atmosphere and, and, and the way the disciples and all those were in the position they were in. And, and I just want you to go with me and, and understand by t telling you this story, those men and those women that were in paradise needed to be a redeemed. They needed to have a redeemer to set them free and get them out of that place called paradise so that they could go in and be uh, in heaven and receive the rewards that they would have due to them. And, and I want you to go with me as that tomb uh, had the stone rolled over it. And, and that day, that Saturday that we, we've talked about earlier, that Saturday where everything was just numb and nothing was happening, but Jesus was busy folks. And, and I want you to understand he went into death. He went into the, to the grave and took back some feet, some people have a hard time with understanding that he did die and he did go uh, into hell, but he didn't go there to stay, folks. He went there to take the keys of death, hell, and a grave away from the devil who stole it, uh, stole that uh, that from us in the Garden of Eden. Jesus, our Redeemer, went into hell and snatched those keys back from Satan to take them back and give them back to you and I so that we would never have to worry about dying. We would never have to worry about a grave anymore. We would never have to worry about hell anymore because Jesus took those things away. And I want you to go with me that morning as Jesus began to wake up and as he began to uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, I can only imagine as God sat on his throne watching his son and watching the spiritual aspects of, of Jesus doing the work that needed to be done. I can only imagine God sitting on the edge of his throne uh, in patiently waiting uh, to send the Holy Spirit to, to go and, and just burst through and, and get into our Christ so that he could uh, raise up out of that old tomb and, and come alive again. And I'm excited about that day because it's so exciting because we know that even in death, we know we can live again. Even when we die, we know that's not the end. That's just the beginning. Even though we're in this situation that we're in today and we're worried, we're, we're fearful of what could happen and who can get sick and who may die and who may not die. We understand, we got to understand what Christ did for us. He redeemed us from those things. We don't have to fear those things anymore. We only need to trust in the redeemer, but go with me that morning as that, that tomb began to shake and 
And the angels, the angels from heaven, God said to them, look, it's time. It's over. He's completed the work that I sent him to do. Go down there and set him free. Get him out of that tomb and let him come out. Can you imagine the shaking that went on, the earthquake that went on? And the scriptures tell us of how the earth shook. And it even rent the, the veil in the temple from, from the top to the bottom. And the reason why it's top, from top to the bottom is, is no way as tall as it was any Anybody could grab it from the bottom and rip it. No man could do it. It had to be rent from the top to the bottom, from heaven to earth. It was rent. And it's awesome to be able to stand there and start to feel and see the events that happened that morning as our Savior beat death. He beat sickness. He beat all those things. He took the keys from the devil of death, hell, and the grave. I want to read you a scripture in Romans chapter, uh, uh, or Revelation, I'm sorry, Revelation uh, chapter 1, and it's verse 17 and 18, two short verses, but I want you to hear what it says. It says, and when I saw him, this is, this is the writer, John, talking about when he saw the Messiah. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I was dead, but he laid his hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid, for I am the first and I am the last. Verse 18, grab a hold of this. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and the keys of death in my hand. That is scripture, folks. That is coming out of Revelation. And John saw that revelation that day where our Savior, our Redeemer, had those keys in his hand. He took those back for you and I. And today we can rejoice. Man, what an exciting day for us to, to sit here and know that, man, we don't have to fear death anymore. We don't have to worry about the sickness and disease around us. Yes, we have to be cautious. And yes, we have to do our part. And yes, we have to pay attention attention to the things we should be doing and do do everything we can to be vigilant and and smart and wise in our life but we also don't have to live under the fear of worrying about it's going to get us and worrying about it's going to take me out or worrying about it's going to take my life because we don't have to worry about those things anymore because we serve a redeemer who's alive and well he's seated at the right hand of the father he's gave us the holy spirit to speak to us and work with us right now he's protecting us and keeping us he's molding us and shaping us and today we can rejoice even though this virus is at the level it is today we can stand here on easter sunday morning and we can shout knowing our redeemer lives he's alive and he finished the job on the cross you know i uh his resurrection uh, finished uh, a lot of things. And here's some things I just want to share with you what it did for us so that you can either write these down or, or, or just keep these in your memory. Uh, these are things that happened uh, when we, redeemed, we were redeemed on the, by the cross and by the blood of Jesus Christ. Power and authority over sin and death was given to us. Power over it. In other words, it has no hold on us anymore. In other words, if I die today or if I die tomorrow, it has no hold on me. The grave cannot hold me. Just like the grave could not hold Jesus, the tomb cannot hold him. Death could not keep him down because he did it all at the cross. 
And he did it all. He finished the works that Jesus Christ uh, needed to do and that God gave him to do. He took the garden and, and that garden of Gethsemane when he went through the things that he went through and how he, he sweat great drops of blood during that time. And he had to meet in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had to meet uh, with his human self and he had to, to get, get to a place to where he could put his human self aside and his spiritual guidance and his spiritual man could take over and finish the works. He took the, the garden of Gethsemane and he replaced the garden of Eden in, in that place. And man, he put us back in the garden of Eden. We're back in that place to where we're under the graces of God. He did great things. And then uh, uh, he took the cross and he made it his crown. Uh, when you think of Jesus Christ, you can, you do see uh, pictures of him uh, with, with the crown of thorns on his head and, and, and bleeding. And, and those are things we don't want to forget, but we also have to remember that the cross, that cross that, that he laid his back upon and he stood ex and, and was extended and, and as put out there to, for everyone to see uh, between heaven and earth, that cross became his crown. He, he took that cross and turned it into a crown. And he took the tomb and he turned it into his throne. In other words, that tomb no longer was an empty, no longer full of death and, and, and had a, a stone rolled over it. No, the stone was removed and rolled away. It was an open tomb. It became his throne so the whole world could see that he's alive and the tomb is empty. Isn't it awesome to be able to say today that the tomb is empty? Every single religion that I know of on this earth Every single one of them has somewhere where someone is buried or somewhere where uh, someone has been put in a tomb or in a place and they're still there, there today and they make statues or they have things that they, they do and they remember them. But we're the only ones that have a tomb that's empty. It's open. It's no longer closed. There's no bones in that tomb. Uh, our Savior is risen. Our Redeemer is alive and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He turned our darkness into light. He turned our hopelessness into hope. He turned everything that day uh, uh, on Resurrection Sunday. He turned all of our darkness into the light. He turned everything that works against us. He turned those things away and turned them for our good. You know, you need to remember this. You're not cursed. You're blessed. You need to remember this. You are not defeated. You're a winner. You need to remember you are not on the bottom. You are on the top. You need to remember you're not the tail, but you're the head because our Redeemer lives. Today we serve him, and today we shout. Over 2,000 years have passed, and we still celebrate this day, rejoicing uh, in our Savior and rejoicing in this moment that our Savior lives and our Redeemer lives. And today, I, if I could leave you with anything today, I would leave you with this. Don't ever forget what Christ did for us on the cross. Don't ever forget the benefits of the cross. Don't ever forget that you and I, through him, through what he did for us and through how he loved us, 
and how he went through what he went through. We can sit, stand, we can shout from, from the mountaintops today that we're redeemed and we're saved. We've been bought back. God has purchased us back through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are now his children. We are now his, his, his uh, favorite children. We, we, we have a place to where we can go boldly before the throne now. And we can take our petitions to him. And because of the authority that was given to us through Jesus Christ and the finished works of the cross and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can pray and it means something. And, and all of heaven and all of earth shakes when we use the name of Jesus. We have more power than we could ever dream of. God cannot give us any more than he has given us. God gave us his son to die for us, to become the redemption that we needed, to restore us back to the rightful place that Adam had with God. God wants to walk with you every day, just like he did with Adam, just like he came down every day at the cool of the eve, and they would walk through the garden. God wants that. Re that's been restored. God wants to come down every day and walk with us, talk with us. He wants to come down and spend time with us. He loves to bring his presence into our lives. He loves to be a God who walks among the living. And today, we should rejoice today. Not only are we saved and on our way to heaven, we have a Redeemer. We have one who redeemed us from all the things that could have went wrong. Today, we're saved. Today, we're healed. Today, we have hope. Today is a day we should rejoice in the Lord. You know, I'll leave you with this and before I pray. If you're here and you're listening to this message and you don't know this risen Savior, or maybe you have heard a lot about him, or maybe you have heard this story and it's Easter Sunday and you, you just through your time in life, you've always tried to watch something, a movie, or uh, a lot of people watch the robe and they watch the Ten Commandments during this time. It's just a ritual that they do. But I, I want you to not do a ritual this morning. I want you to look within yourself. And I truly want you to say to yourself, man, do I really know this Christ, the Redeemer, the living Redeemer who redeemed me from my sins? Do I really know uh, this Christ that died for me on the cross and he loved me enough to die and go through the torture that he went through? Do I really know him today? I want you to get to know him. I want you to know him fully. I want you to be restored in your relationship, put in a great place with God through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is moving in this world today. And I know we all prayed this morning at 8 o'clock this morning. And I already feel a new presence of God moving. I already feel like God is getting ready to just unleash a new spirit upon this earth and, and a spirit of revival in the churches. And, and I already know. You know, it's amazing to me how they used to say when Elvis would leave, they would say Elvis has left the building. But today we found out that the the churches are the buildings and the people have left the buildings now. There's no buildings to go to right now. We are the church. The church now is definitely outside the buildings. And we need to understand, man, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. The church is the church of God. We need to spread the good news of hope to everyone that we see. Yeah, we don't 
we're not able to go into the buildings and have our services. We are watching TVs and we are watching social medias to try to catch up and keep up on our, our services and our people. But understand this, the church is you and I. We're out there. The world needs to hear the story of Jesus Christ and what he did. They need to hear the story behind Easter. They need to know that they have redemption. They need to know that they have hope in the life that they're living today because Jesus paid the price for all of us. We need to spread this news. Get it out there. What a wonderful, wonderful day. I hope you rejoice the rest of your day. I hope you can shout with me the rest of your day knowing that our Redeemer lives. He's alive and well, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is speaking in every one of us. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. The Holy Spirit is reminding you of how grateful you should be and how thankful you should be. And we should be shouting within ourselves and out to everyone that we know we have good news. Even in the world that we're living in that has the worst news that we can think of going on right now, we have the great news. And that good news is the cross and the finished works of Jesus Christ and that our Redeemer, he lives. Let me pray with you as we close. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your blessings. Lord, I cannot uh, be, but be excited because you've redeemed us. Father, you redeemed us. You are alive. And Father, you're seated at the right hand of the Father. I have every hope. And God, I pray that every listener and every viewer sees and, and feels the anointing of God in their life right now to be free, that they're not bound by sin. They're not bound by death anymore. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Our Redeemer lives. And today I thank you for that and I praise you for that. I praise you for the Holy Spirit that you've put upon this earth and that you've put inside of each one of us. I praise you, God, that the Holy Spirit is working in a special way today and he's moving among men. And God, we're going to see your hand move in a mighty way. And God, I pray for all those who are watching and listening today. I pray, God, that you speak to them. You be with them today. Let them feel you. God, let them feel that hope rise up inside of them. Let them know that you're standing right by their side and they don't have to fear uh, the coronavirus and they don't have to fear death and the grave anymore. God, let them realize that they have hope in you, the Redeemer that lives. Father, I thank you. I praise you for your word. I just pray for an anointing on every family. I pray for our church families, our children. God, keep them, mold them, shape them, encourage them, lift up their heads today. And God, as we go through our week and we, we go into our next week, Lord, let us move along with the Holy Spirit that's moving in a special way, guiding us and leading us. Father, I thank you for your word because it makes us strong. I thank you, Lord. Uh, for Resurrection Sunday. I thank you that we can be victorious today. And God, we can live above all the news that's bad. We can live above that because we have better news. And that is that our Redeemer lives. And I thank you for that today. And we give you praise and we give you glory in your precious name. Amen. Please make sure that you stay connected with us. Send us all your prayer requests at sanctuaryprayerpartners at gmail.com. Visit our Facebook page, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, visit our website at sanctuarychurchbeachgrove.org. Remember, God is in control.